Beyond the Shadows podcast. In the darkest corners of our universe lie spaces where even the light won't go. Places where terror and the unknown lurk, always waiting. Join Ryan and Scott on the Beyond the Shadows podcast as we pull back the curtain and peer into the darkness. We'll examine hauntings, true crimes, mysteries, UFOs, exorcisms, reincarnations, mysteries, and all things dark. Join us as we go Beyond the Shadows. Top of the day, Trash Pandas. Welcome back to another episode of Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha. This is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Do the badass. So today we have somebody really special here. Remember last week I was telling you guys that we have somebody that does so much for the community? You did tell me, and I did get to talk to her about it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, she's, just, she's active that she's doing stuff this weekend. She yeah. She's not playing at all. And, you know, and I think she's feeding the homeless while on, while on the show with us. <laughs> like, she's real. She really is. Like, and she's a sweetheart. I talk to her all the time, and she does good things. She has a nonprofit, and she actually advocates for people that have been wrongfully incarcerated. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be telling one of those stories because I was telling you, I'm so tired of the justice system. We've had the Leon Bentons on here. We've had the Fairbanks Four when Matt Ralston was talking about that and talking about people being wrongfully incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And this lady knows more about it. So we're going to talk to her. Her name is Sarah D. Almond. Let's go, Miss D. Almond. Thank you so much. We just got to say your last name so many times. I love your last I'm name. A, I'm at least trying to get away with saying it like four or five times to the show. I'm just telling you now. Yeah. I may have a, a character on my new RPG game, Boulder's Gate, <laughs> Diamond. Just not even, don't even have a first name. It's just Diamond. Oh, that's pretty. Right? He's going to be pretty and badass at the same time. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited about this. Just when you first invited me on I told Timothy and he's excited too yeah I wish that he could be here with us right now you know yeah um, that's something we'd have to plan in advance but yeah he'd love that yeah, well, I was going to ask, can you tell us a little bit first about yourself, about your nonprofit, before you get into Timothy's story? And tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do, because I love it. Oh, thank you for asking. So, I'm 37. I live in Alabama. My nonprofit's name is Voiceless Behind Bars. And I named it that because uh, when Timothy McGruder's son, Terrence, first reached out to me in February 20. 20- 21 so we're coming on three years now mm. um he asked me uh if i could look into his father's case and he said his name is timothy mcgruder uh st paul minnesota and then he said to me he just wants to be heard mm-hmm. and i froze when i saw that because I, I was new to wrongful convictions mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i froze at that sentence and i was thinking okay how many people have been wrongfully incarcerated just right now and no one's listening to them mm-hmm. and i i just sat and i stared and I finally said, okay, I'm looking into it. And so later when I started the nonprofit that year, I'm like, I was thinking of a name. And that just that sentence always stuck with me. I'm like, okay, voiceless spine bars. You know, they awesome. want to be heard. 
And so all donations are tax deductible. And uh, from there, we got uh, also a podcast named after my nonprofit where I interviewed the wrongfully convicted and their families. This includes Timothy. This includes more people. uh, And also, uh, like my friend Serena, whose son was murdered by correctional officers so we go beyond that because this is also i mean yes wrongful convictions are at the heart and soul but it's also about prison abolition death penalty abolition Mm -hmm. and so yep that's what i do i've been uh voices behind bars recently turned three Oh, congratulations. I mean, you be on Instagram doing your damn thing, though, too. Now, she <laughs> uses an interesting phrase. When you say prison abolition, mm-hmm. are you saying all prisons should be That's taken a good down? question. So, what I'm saying, with prison abolition, you can't reform something that was designed to fail. Mm-hmm. So, you have to abolish this whole system and then rebuild it. So that, that's why I don't say prison reform. That's why a lot of people don't. That's why we say prison abolition. Mm. This system is not designed to work. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I have said that too because it's designed for you, A, to stay in the system, and B, yes. like I think Buddha and I talk about that. We've had guests we talked about. It. It's like there's no, it, it, sometimes there's a gray area. It's not always black and white. And I think the justice system does like just black and white, like what's on paper, but sometimes there's that gray area that's not necessarily looked at in certain cases. Well, I don't feel like the oh, justice yeah. system is black and white enough, if you mm. want me to be honest. I really? feel like it's almost always to the to the, uh, con- to the considerableness or the consent of the judge. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that they're feeling and the mood that they're feeling. If he wakes up and he hasn't got some from his wife for two and a half weeks and he's <laughs> mad as hell, he's just giving everybody max sentences. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's at the discretion there. It's at the discretion of a judge yeah. is what I feel like. It's not black and white enough. Mm. Because some of the stuff, I feel like if it was more even... Mm-hmm. on what would happen and more more uh, set where you'd be like, okay, that they killed this person and you know they're getting these years. I feel like there'd be a lot of the things that we call injustices wouldn't seem as much. Mm. And that's what's supposed to happen. That's what it's supposed to be. But And that's one of the things that, uh, to put it lightly, irritated me is that's what we were taught in school, that justice is blind, mm-hmm. that everyone is, has the right to due process, mm-hmm. and it's not true. It's uh, it, it's not it's not uh, innocent until proven guilty. It's guilty to proven innocent. Yeah. Unless you remember the elite, then you get right? what you want. We all know the justice sees green. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Let's not get started about that. The amount of like poor people that can't afford an attorney, a good attorney, because we all know public defenders. Not to put them down, but you're not going to get the best po- you know possible representation with a public defender. Right. Right. And it's going to be somebody who is overworked mm-hmm. and thinks of you as a number. Yeah. Another thing, although there are some good public defenders, another thing is if you get, let's say, a state public defender, their boss is the state. So if you get a federal public defender, their boss is the federal government. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to go against their boss. Sometimes they do. They go the extra mile. Those are the exceptions. Normally, they're not going to go against their boss and say, hey, the state here is breaking a lot of laws. I need to call them out because they're going to get their get in trouble and more than likely they're going to either get their hours severely cut or they're going to get fired oh. right so they're, they're playing for the other team already because mm. yeah. they're hired by the other team yeah that's scary yeah, exactly that's really scary 
to not yeah. really have somebody that's actually on your side when they're supposed to be representing you. Right, and not going to give it's all the evidence hard. that they're going to do or present the case uh, to, to totality mm-hmm. because they're hired by the state. So you mm-hmm. can't go against the state. That's a person, Like she said, that's a person paying your tax. Damn. Well, well, I guess that goes into, because um, we're going to be talking about Timothy Magruder, correct? He's like your main yep. one that you're representing. Yeah. Big Tim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can you like walk us through his story? Like, are, it's like, I know, you know, from like beginning to end, like what exactly happened with him? So with Timothy, um, his biggest regret uh, is joining a gang. Absolutely. He, you know, he's not does not have a squeaky clean past by any means he joined a gang when he was 14 his mom is a good mother she worked full-time at the post office in order to provide for him and his siblings mm-hmm. and uh, with the neighborhood he grew up in not to make excuses mm-hmm. um it was normal for uh people to get caught up in crime mm-hmm. and he has admitted it's not an excuse but that was the norm you know police would go into his neighborhood neighborhoods like his and they, I mean, even as a kid, they would go and gaslight them. He told me at one point in time, being six years old, he was trying to run from the police. They grabbed him by the hood of his jacket and violently jerked him back. So growing up, he he thought, I mean, yeah, the police are your enemies, but especially when it came to people like in Timothy's case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and also with, although he never, again, not condoning anything, but he, although he never attempted to kill anybody, anything like that, I mean, obviously, he was involved in activity he shouldn't have been involved in, so he was already uh, on the police's radar. Uh, he had a son at 15, which, wonderful man, I mentioned him earlier, Terrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always been an active father. He Terrence's mom have a good relationship still, but, wow. the, o- he, but the only way he knew how to put food on the table was to sell drugs. Mm. Uh, you know, he didn't have, I mean, he, there were no outreach programs, mm-hmm. you know. So that's how he knew how to put food on the table. So with him, uh, you know, obviously being caught in the uh, with the wrong crowd, what happened was in 1996. Uh, okay, so sugar wine. This is heartbreaking. Oh, there was um, a murder of a four-year-old little girl. Uh, what happened was uh, members of his gang. He, he's made it clear we're not going to speculate. He doesn't know who did it. We're not going to speculate. But, okay. But um, so because he doesn't want to put someone in the situation he's in. But um, but he says that. But yeah, he knows that w- they were members of this gang who uh, saw a, a car at an Amco gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in St. Paul, and what happened was they thought, oh, it's members of a, another gang. They shot it up. No, it was a car full of children. Full of children. Oh, no. he, exactly. And a four-year-old girl lost her life, and um. Uh, and she's the real victim in all this. Absolutely. Oh, no. So and, were they, I'm sorry to interrupt, were they trying to like rob this store or did they just go shoot no, it they up? they thought it was the, you know, the blood versus Christmas. Oh, so they saw people, so, okay. The, after, <laughs> so okay. they saw a car full of kids and they was like, that must be Crips. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. They thought, yeah, they, they thought it was, um, uh, you know, uh, I forgot, I think it was the, the Bogus Boys. Um, mm-hmm. that's the name of the game. Yeah, and, um, because I believe Timothy was a member of the Rolling 60s Crips. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, which is yeah, tough because so, I mean, some of those you got, I don't know if you guys need to start saying like a passcode to each other because that's even happened to me before when I was getting off work at Amazon. 
And they give out sweatbands. Oh, yeah. That they have you tie around. It's these tie around bands that they initially had. They even banned them from the NBA. Uh-huh. But there were these sweatbands that was cool at the time. And mine didn't even have all the little fancy design on it. It was just blue because Amazon's colors is orange and blue. Right, right. So there's an orange one, there's a blue one. And I had on my full trainer's uniform still and everything and had that sweatband on. I went into the store and some guy that was dressed in all red was like, what's up, blood? And I'm like, what? At the time, I was like, dude, I'm a yes. trainer yep. at Amazon. Right. Right. Because what? It's true. <laughs> Damn. I'm like, bro, look at me. Do I look like I'm gangbanging? <laughs> yeah. Like, he just I got just off work. To him, like, come on, bro. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys talk about cops profiling. I was like, bro, that's sad. I was like, I put the other people in there laughing. I was like, it's just sad. You bad as a cop right now. Damn. You can't you, you can't tell the difference between a gang member and a working man. That's my stuff. And steel toe boots and all this shit. Like, who the hell <laughs> doing these busted ass kicks like this? <laughs> like, come on, sir. <laughs> I wonder how come nobody has ever thought I was in a gang. I mean, they have girl gangs, but nobody's ever walked up to me and been like, hey, what's up? Like, you know, I could be in a gang too. Right. I mean, but girls don't rock like bandanas. Do you rock bandanas like that? No, I don't. Yeah, no, that's, that's the why. thing. It, was, like, I wouldn't, it wasn't a bandana. That's the part that really killed me. It yeah. was really a cut. It, it, it looks like a strip. Oh, it yeah. Strip I know what you're talking you about. And then you had the tie across. It's almost like a ninja. A oh, ninja yeah. Tie. <laughs> so that's why I thought it was really it's cool. It's about certain colors, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was a Ninja Turtle look, so I just used to rock my Ninja Turtle look. <laughs> I was Leonardo and Michelangelo. I love that. But yeah, so but but yeah, it, it's something as simple as that where they just it almost seems like they're looking for something. Oh, you know, looking at the yep. whole picture. Damn. So they shot up this car full of kids and killed a four-year-old girl. Exactly, and they were offering a big reward for any leads um, when it came to a murder. Uh, but people in St. Paul. Uh, weren't talking because they didn't want to be a snitch because they knew mm-hmm. if they said anything, uh, their lives were on the line. So the case went cold. Several years later, uh, three men who were part of that rival gang, Bogus Boys, uh, this is all public record, so it's okay to say I've, we put it out there already. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all off there. But so uh, Greg, Malik, and Teron got mm-hmm. arrested for a drug conspiracy. Okay. And oh. so what happened was they're facing up to life in prison. Mm-hmm. And they, at first, didn't even mention Timothy. Never mentioned him, but then plea deals were being made, and they're like, so once life in prison was off the table, in exchange for a plea deal about, uh, quote unquote, solving this little girl's murder, saying, okay, we'll give the names of the guys who did it in exchange for less prison time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's do this. So the only way Jeff Paulson, the prosecutor, could connect Timothy and his co-defendants to this crime was to connect them to this drug conspiracy that they had been arrested for. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like this horrible crime, there's no connection. Mm. None. But he arrested them anyways. He arrested them without federal jurisdiction. So they and, weren't dealing drugs? No, they weren't dealing drugs, but they weren't involved with this conspiracy okay. that the three of them had been arrested for because the only way the prosecutor, Jeff Paulson, could arrest them was he's like i gotta find a way to connect them to this particular drug conspiracy oh okay okay and they weren't connected to it but he arrested them anyways and you know without federal jurisdiction unfortunately that's very common mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he even admitted it to the judge um it's in the transcripts so i'll be releasing that soon but um but he admitted it to the judge because at first his uh, 
one of his co-defendants' lawyers, uh, his name is Camille Johnson, that's his co-defendant, his lawyer filed a motion to dismiss because he said they weren't charged with anything. And his, the judge said, well, we got a problem. And Jeff Paulson said, well, excuse me, your lawyer. Oh, excuse, me. excuse me, your honor. Um, I, while we never charged them with a conspiracy, mm-hmm. it doesn't negate the fact that the drugs were there. And the judge never should have let that slide, but he did. Mm-hmm. Timothy's attorney, Keith Ellison, was not there the first 30 minutes and couldn't challenge it. Mm-hmm. So when I called up, uh, well, first I emailed Keith Ellison's office, and Timothy said, let's make sure to be polite, but asked for an affidavit about not showing up on time. And no, that's not allowed, but they let it slide. But, but, and by doing that, couldn't challenge Jeff Paulson. Mm-hmm. His secretary called me back and said, well, I mean, he could have challenged it at any time. And mm-hmm. I thought, do you not realize what you just admitted to me? Oh. He, like, he could have challenged it at any time and chose not to. Hmm. And so, uh, so, so basically they're challenging the fact that, so Timothy's attorney was not there the first 30 minutes of the trial. So anything that the prosecution was saying, they couldn't, they couldn't defend themselves. Correct. Well, Timothy could not defend himself the first 30 minutes. Correct. But Mm -hmm. it turns out Keith Ellison could have, his attorney could have still challenged it at any time because he knew he hadn't been indicted with anything. So he still, his secretary admitted to me. He still could have challenged it at any time. And oh. that, I was very taken aback that she admitted that to me. But um, but the thing is, when it came to the drug conspiracy, this horrible murder, there was no evidence. Everything was hearsay. The testimony relied solely on these three men. Um, and um, Timothy and his co-defendants were found... Uh, guilty life in prison without parole oh a few God. years later uh toronto and greg did write and sign affidavits admitting to the fact that timothy had nothing to do with the conspiracy theory i mean you know that drug conspiracy mm-hmm. sorry not conspiracy theory but that drug conspiracy <clears throat> so well, timothy what was the conspiracy in, um there were drug trafficking uh, a lot of cocaine they had been doing so uh for 10 years mm. Mm. So, okay. And then I have a question. So during the shooting, was Timothy present and he just didn't pull the trigger or was he just not there at all? He was not there at all. Um, Oh. It says in the media that he was there and his gun didn't go off. That's not true. He has an alibi. Witnesses who all testify he was at his aunt's house drunk. Um, Oh. And he he threw up on the carpet, paid his cousin $20 to clean it up. And um, and his his cousin... uh, went up to Timothy's aunt, his mom had cleaning supplies, she said, asked what's going on, he said, um, Timothy's nickname is Handyman, so he's like, Handyman threw up, and she said, well, you better hurry up. So, yeah, oh. that's where he was. Oh, wow, so it sounds like, so most of this case, from what I'm hearing, is just based on these three men who... That's exactly it. Oh, wow. And how many people were in the gang, though? Um, uh, the three people on trial, uh, there's three people total on trial, um, and uh, so there's three people who were all tried together that day, Timothy and uh, Crenshaw and Camille, and they were all wrongfully convicted at the same time. Oh my gosh, so basically this came just, their names just got thrown out, and, and that was yes. it. Wow. Yep. And he had alibis, yep. but nobody Nailed listened. It. 
Wow, that's scary. If somebody has an alibi and everything, I don't know. I mean, because it doesn't sound that like there's no kind of DNA evidence. There's nothing linking him no. to the crime besides these three men. And this happens all the time. This is what mm. scares me. I read this in the transcripts, everything. They have an alibi. There's no evidence. It's hearsay. Mm -hmm. I read, I hear about it all the time. I read about it all the time. They don't care. They want somebody in that prison. And that goes on our tax dollars. That's what they care about. Yeah. Just convicting somebody. I don't know. My whole thing is, I'm, I, I kind of feel kind of weird about these these convictions where it's like, or people that have something to gain from testifying. Because yeah, if, if somebody's going to tell me, okay, life in prison is off the table, just uh, throw me a name, throw me any name. I'll throw out any name to get out of prison. Like, you know what I mean? Because there's an incentive. So I don't know how it is like to give someone like an incentive because this has happened a lot where prisoners are even mm -hmm. come out and be like, yeah, well, well, my, um, my roommate said they confessed everything to me, you know, to try to get a lesser sentence. Like anybody's going to do that. So are we going to start taking that you know as you know i don't know like they'll do anything in order to you know solve a crime because the police uh, not to condone this but they have in order to correctly solve a crime it takes a lot of time a mm. lot of resources a lot of money mm -hmm. and it's easier to wrongfully convict a person yeah and it, it, even though you're reading everything you're like wow they went through a lot of hurdles it's still a lot easier than to rightfully do so because that, that can take decades. So even with all the uh, advancement in evidence, like DNA forensic evidence, it still it takes it can take decades. So it's Ooh. just easier to roughly convict a person. Again, this goes on our tax dollars. Timothy being in federal prison, that goes on our federal tax dollars every day he sits in prison. And he's been in there for what, 25 years or something now? 23 years. Damn. That's right. Uh, that's that's heavy. I mean, I, I feel like I need a little more cases. Maybe I need to listen to her show to hear how many people are being wrongly. Wrong oh, please do, please. Yeah, it seems that seems bad. Because it's, it like very there's two hundred fifty thousand people wrongfully convicted oh. in prison right now. 250,000 people that you know when I was when I talked to Leon Benson I think they said like one in six people or something like that is wrongfully convicted that's yeah, big one six or mm -hmm. one in three because something like that yeah uh -huh. and I know that's for a fact lot. um yeah I know for a fact one out of every uh nine people who have been executed are innocent mm-hmm like one and and it's crazy because when you think about this like what if this would have been a death penalty case and they're just basically going off of what somebody says that's why i'm like where's the evidence where's the forensic evidence i mean where's you know him even being in the area at that time that this happened you know where is any of that right and that's the thing when it comes to these um like all uh, some of these wrongful executions right now that i've been advocating for it's like there's no evidence none and yet uh yeah, they're still on death row. Some of them have narrowly escaped the death penalty, like Richard Glossop. Oklahoma's mm. helping on killing this man. There's no evidence. Oh, I've seen that case. I actually wanted to cover the case. He's off death row now, right? Or did they just... No. Oh, so he's no, still um, on death row? Mm. Yeah, he, he. it's going to the Supreme Court again. Oh, my gosh. I know. 
Yeah, because I was I really followed that case, but I just I hadn't followed exactly, you know, what happened. But I know that they have set a date for him like six or seven times. And, you know, he's escaped it. But I thought that they had finally take him off. So you mean they could still set another date for him to get executed? They can. Oh, wow. Right now they put a pause. That's crazy. Green Mile style. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And the thing is, the real killer's still out there. It's, yeah. Sometimes they catch the killer, but they still want a second person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like in Richard's case, in many cases that I'm advocating for, you know, they uh, catch a, they catch the killer, but they still want a second person. But many other times, it is usually the case, the real killer's still, still out there. So whoever did this to this little girl, I don't know if it's one person or more than one, but whoever did it is still out there. There's no justice. Well, it's crazy because I've heard cases where (laughs) the real killer will come out and actually confess, and they still don't want to let the person behind bars go because they'll be like, well, maybe you were an accomplice, or they still try to find a reason to keep you, even after a confession. Exactly. You know, it's it's in the, the negativity of trying to show that you're flawless. Mm-hmm. Anytime you, anytime somebody tells me that they always win, mm-hmm. that's something that I look at as a character flaw mm-hmm. because there's no way you always win. So in my mind, if you always win, it means you have to be cheating at some point in time. Mm-hmm. You are a consistent cheater. Mm-hmm. So if you exactly. tell me that the system always gets the person and always finds a criminal and you guys trying to present it like you never did anything wrong, then you have to be cheating. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's why I fall. That's what I've been reading, that's what the statistics say. If, uh, like this one guy in Australia has a 99% conviction rate. And uh, some of those cases, I can tell you for a fact, are wrongful. Mm-hmm. You cannot get a 99 conviction case and have it right 99% of the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you have a high batting average, I'll take that. You guys do really good and 80% of the time, 78% of the time. You guys get the right guy. I'll take that. Yeah. But say it's 99. You guys always get the bad guy. Mm. Yeah. Now that that sounds like there's, you guys are massaging those numbers. Mm-hmm. Or doing yeah. things to make sure those numbers are 99. And most, and a lot of prosecutors like to do the conviction right so they can get a name. A lot of them start running for office and they like to say, I'm tough on crime and they want to be able to get those conviction rights up. So that's why that's I like. Jeff Paulson. Huh? That's Jeff Paulson, the prosecutor right there, took oh. his case. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm tough on crime. Yeah, but you got to wow. be tough on the right person on the crime, too. I know, right? exactly. Because, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't show anybody justice if you have the wrong person behind bars, but the real person is still walking around. That family still doesn't have justice. Like exactly. The, the real person is enjoying their life out there, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that scares me, because if they get away with it once, more than likely they'll do it again. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. So they're out there committing more crimes. More than likely. Mm-hmm. Well, I would, what's next for Mr. Timothy? Like, what um, you know, what channels are you guys going through right now? Is there any hope for his case? There is hope, yes. Um, okay. So we have Paralegal that's helping us right now. Um, right now, file some paperwork. Uh, we did an update recently uh, working on that uh, with, for the podcast. But uh, there is... Uh, one route we're going with a compassionate release, but uh, if that doesn't work, we do know of some attorneys um, that would be um, willing to at least take a look. Um, so there are still a few avenues, not a ton, 
So but for there's healthy avenues. So for a capacitor release, what do, what criteria does he have to be? Because it doesn't seem like he's old enough, right, for a capacitor release. Correct. Okay. Correct. So we have to make a very compelling argument, which we can, that um, like what they used in court was illegal, and um, that mm-hmm. he, with the First Step Act uh, Alert Twenty Twenty, mm-hmm. uh, when it was ratified, you can uh, prove certain things like okay, um, they were put in there uh, for uh, the wrong reasons, and we can prove that, mm-hmm. and also because of their good behavior they should be able to uh, get time off. Mm-hmm. And he has had a... Uh, uh, honestly, not only has he had a stellar record, hopefully, fingers crossed, he can get to a mental security prison now because his prison has been pretty bad about that with their prisoners. They do everything right, but don't get into a mental security prison, but it's looking good now. Oh, good. Because okay, he's, he's been rehabilitating himself all this time as soon as he was wrongfully convicted he was hitting the books studying the law and he's like i'm not gonna die in prison Mm -hmm. and but it's not just that i mean he's been working on being a good person but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is why you know again this would be good for the the, it's key for the compassion really showing okay he's been taking the steps to rehabilitate himself so he gets so it could be possible, very possible, to get that life in prison sentence lifted and get an outdate. Oh, okay. Well, I do appreciate the fact that you did say, you know, lightening his sentence. Because, I mean, he still is a confessed gang member drug dealer. So yes, there should be some time in there. Yes, we agree. Like, we have to admit that, um, you know, uh, that... You know, he had to have done at least 10 years, so we have to admit there was some crime committed. And it's true. Like, he, he, again, like you said, he's a confessed gang member, and he agrees. Not only should he have done prison time, but that was a wake up call for him. Mm-hmm. He, he said to me at 18, he, he said to a cousin of his, I don't know if I'll live it past 20, I'll make it past 21. And mm-hmm. he said, I know that's a dark way of thinking, but that was the reality. And he, so he said, he said with, if he weren't in prison, he'd probably be, be dead. So he, because of the life he was living. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense that he's been in there for 23 years. So no doubt that he's like a changed man. Like, what is he doing in there? Has he gone to school? Like, just needs his type there. Ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he got his GED. Um, oh. He's uh, taking trauma therapy courses. Uh, he's uh, also, he's taking a lot of therapy courses. He mentors to other prisoners. Uh, he's also been working on his own spirituality at his own time. Oh, that's but, good. Um, but um, one of the things he's... Oh, I'll put in that, sorry, ADHD. But um, mm. he's also been working uh, on making purses by hand, like I've Oscar skin, snake skin, alligator oh. skin. Uh, I have a few. He has uh, made uh, bracelets. Uh, wallets, dog collars, uh, all other uh, gorgeous, and I, I'm not being biased. They are. Oh, that's and, awesome! I mean, a handmade gator skin wallet. I will take that. Yeah, wow. And just to say that in title, be like, bro, that's a nice wallet. Be like, yeah, it is handmade gator skin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I want the purse. We're gonna, ha- like, we're gonna put some for sale soon. So. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, as and, soon as uh, that website goes up, I'm ordering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 
And um, so he, he found, it's like, so he well, wants to not only mentor the kids about not all, not getting involved in gangs, that there's always a better way, but mm-hmm. he found that he really likes uh, getting into fashion. He likes listening to women about what they want. And because I remember one time sitting up a picture of uh, my 13th wedding anniversary, he's like, oh, you look pretty in pink, but I would have, he's like, you look so pretty. I would cut the dress a little differently. And I'm like, oh, he's got an eye for dresses. Yeah. And that's what he told me later on. Yeah, I do enjoy um, all types of fashion and just, again, listening to women about what they want. Um, and so he, he discovered that uh, just a while ago, there's just fine thing to do with what they have to offer and uh, discover. And so that's what one of the things he wants to start is his own his own fashion line when he gets out. I think that's really great. That's awesome. One of the things that I've always been admirable about is if you go talk to, I mean, even the most hoodest gangster of guy who's selling, who's a real D-boy selling some stuff on the block, they actually all have style. It may seem like, you know, he's mm-hmm. just throwing on some stuff. Yeah. You know, but that's, you know, the girl that, see, you definitely notice because that's your, that's, your, that's your preference. Yeah. Is the ex-convict D-boys. <laughs> but, they actually have a fine-tuned eye for fashion, mm-hmm. for the actual things and not knockoffs. I mm-hmm. mean, you'd be surprised how much they know about high-end fashion mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And um, something about Timothy is that uh, his mom always raised him, when it comes to listening to women, his mom always raised her to be a gentleman. And he is, you know... Like, not only does he still have a good relationship with the mother of his son, but he is a mama's boy. All the way, he's, like I said, she's a wonderful person. He's close with his sisters. Mm-hmm. And um, he also um, saw some things his mom went through uh, when he came to his biological dad. And he told me, he was saying that, he's like, I'm not going to put a woman through that. And, I mean, his family, his friends have attested to that. But mm, that's not something he's ever done. He's... Uh, he's told me uh, with what he's seen um, he, that's a, one of the biggest reasons why he feels like it's a man's duty to protect women Yeah, and, and this man is very protective of me uh, he's in a cell but he's got my back that's awesome Okay. oh so you guys are like family now yes he's like my uncle and I also with the rest of his family we're very close that's nice. awesome well, I was gonna. So it sounds like because I know you said that Timothy had two co-defendants who were wrongfully accused too. Are they doing anything in their cases? Or are you working with them as well? I have uh, started to get close with Camille's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and Camille have stayed in touch. Mm-hmm. I I know that Crenshaw has been working on things. I just I don't know all the details, but I know with Camille. Like I said, they stayed in touch. Camille's girlfriend and I have been talking. Now they weren't together at the time of the case, but she already knew Timothy. Mm. And she remembers, she told me she was sitting there in the courtroom mm-hmm. uh, and she was looking at some of the other people there and they were all saying to each other, they got the wrong people. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, she and Timothy have also stayed in touch and, um, but she and Camille, like I said, got together later, but, but, uh, um, she and I are talking about Camille being on my show as on my podcast. Cause, and I've asked people online, please, cause he has a clumsy account, like, please show him your his love and support he's in sickness as well oh. you know, he needs to get out 
So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, and I'm definitely going to like look more into this case because, you know, it sounds like, you know, he's doing good things and I just want yes. the real people to be captured because the little girl lost her life, you know, and it's sad that the wrong people's behind bars. So more than one person has lost their life now if we don't catch exactly. the right people. Exactly. And, you know, one thing was saying to me when I first started getting to know him, he, he said, you know, let's get, I remember he said to me, at one point in time, he's just, he was, of course, feeling bad. He said, I didn't kill her. And I'm like, Timothy, I knew you did. He's like, that's just the thing. Why put me in prison? Let's go out, find whoever did this and get actual justice for her. Mm-hmm. I told him, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, have you, uh, like, what do you think about the work that Kim Kardashian is doing? Is this something that you think that she would look at this case as well? Because I know that she's doing a lot of good things for this type of stuff, too. Oh, uh, so I have been looking into what Kim has been doing and why I, while I find it commendable that she, she has a large platform. We, mm-hmm. we know that. And I find it to be very commendable that she has been using it to shine a light on wrongful convictions. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's been shining a light on different cases. And again, that's very commendable. I mean, whoever... When you have a big platform, you need to use it for some good. I'm not saying you have to go out there or boots on the ground, but you need to do some good. So what she's been doing is commendable. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I find to be disheartening, and this isn't just Kim. I want to make that clear. This goes for a lot of people who put themselves out there in the spotlight. This goes for a lot of organizations. Uh, So, again, not just Kim, but it's disheartening that – they appear to do a lot of good. They do. They do some good. Um, they definitely shine a light on important cases of this subject, but mm. uh, there's just, um, it's more about the cases that go viral. And there's, uh, you know, once uh, the case gets publicity, they're gone. Um, mm. And uh, if there's no more work that they're doing, like Julius Jones, she did, she, she really did shine a light on this case. I'm not denying that. Mm-hmm. He's still in prison. She's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone who helped them, the Innocence Project, everyone, they're gone. And so, like I say, it's disheartening. Yeah, that's who I was going to ask about, too, the Innocence Project. I was going to ask if you had ever did any work with them. Uh, so there are individual chapters that I respect. Uh, there's a very close friend of mine, Kevin Billingsley, who's uh, also, yeah, that's a very big case I'm working on. Uh, he has had very good experiences with the Ohio Innocence Project. Mm. So, but I... I think they're wonderful, but the NSH project as a whole, I've been very disappointed with them. Um, they um, mostly work on cases that get publicity, and uh, unfortunately, <sighs> with their, the case that get, again, a lot of publicity, they do a certain amount of work, and then once the publicity dies down, they're gone. Mm. And, uh, and you know, I've talked to some people who are, uh, you know, the faces of the Innocence yes, Project. And while I've had good experiences with them personally, mm-hmm. I have nothing bad to say about them personally. Other people have not had those same good experiences. And I am very sad to say when it came to Anthony Sanchez, mm-hmm. a wrongfully executed man uh, this year in Oklahoma, they thought about getting involved and didn't. Oh, I so, haven't heard that case yet. I have not heard about that case. And it's not just the Essence Project. It's so mm-hmm. many. It's ACLU yeah. I've been very disappointed in. I mean, oh, now, so many. He, doesn't he know who the shooter was? But he's like he refusing did, to say? 
Oh. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's just he—he's he has an idea, but that's it. But he's like, he doesn't want to speculate because he's like, if I'm wrong, I could be putting someone in the same position I'm in. Oh, so he has an idea, but he don't want to like say it. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, because if, if there's the possibility we could wrongfully convict another person. Because mm. I have an idea myself. Like it, it's in the transcripts. So. Which, like I said, it's public domain, so I can, uh, so I'm working on releasing them, and, but, so, is it this transcripts that there's an idea of who did it, but again, I'm not going to speculate either, because at the end of the day, I don't know. But is this person being looked into, like, at their alibi? Because he's there because of an idea. Oh, right, right, he's there because no of No one knows that he really did it either, someone had an idea and said he was there. Right. Well, um... Yeah, it's just, I, I, there was an idea um, about it, but I wish that there had at least been some questioning something. Well, that's what just, I'm wondering, because this other person, like, are they looking into him? Is there, like, an alibi this person has, or do we not know? They, never, they mentioned him, that's it, in court, uh, they mentioned him. Okay. They, I'm like, if you had just questioned this person, maybe we'd have some answers. Yeah. I'm not saying it'd be solved, but we'd have some answers. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because a lot of times, especially if somebody goes into interrogation without an attorney, a lot of times you're able to break people down. I mean, people think that they can stand through an interrogation for X amount of hours, and eventually there's always a hole or something that gets you caught up. That's why I say don't talk to anybody without an attorney. Yes, and unfortunately that happened to Kevin, is that after hours and hours of them bullying him and uh, just harassing him for hours, he broke down. Mm Mm-hmm. And like you said, do not talk to them without an attorney. Immediately say, you know, like, hi, I'm Sarah DeArmond, and I will not speak without my attorney. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Because you'll find yourself in a situation like this, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, it, it's, it's really sad because, like, these cases, you know, we don't know if they're ever going to get solved. Like we just recently had Leon Benson on. I'm not sure if you're aware of his case, but he just, you know, he was in prison for like 25 years and he got released and it was an idea that he did it. You know, it was like, so these it's no like shortage of these cases. That's what's so scary about it. Mm-hmm. It just keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And with wrongful executions too, it keeps happening. Yeah. Yeah, because for all the people that, you know, don't like Julius Jones and Richard Glossop, for all the people that don't get executed, a lot of people really do go through with the execution and we still don't even know if they did it or not. Mm-hmm. And there are times where the evidence is there. Anthony Sanchez, evidence was there. It was very painful that they still went through with it. Nathaniel Woods here in Alabama, evidence was there. He didn't even pull the trigger. He didn't even know the person who actually committed the crime he didn't even know they were going to yet he was still executed mm. that is so we, sad we got two more innocent men who are about to be executed here in Alabama DeForest Johnson and Rocky Myers oh, okay I, Alabama killing them damn what, when are oh their executions scheduled for oh oh gosh they, they, oh, they they've been they've been at this for a long time I, I mean I'm against the death penalty period because i mean not just morally but also if you look at the statistics it does nothing for the crime rate at all mm-hmm. no, it has no effect and um also well it's like when it comes to the governors we have especially our current one and also our attorney general who's just as bad ki being steve marshall 
they don't care about the evidence. They don't. It, I mean, to Kim Kardashian's credit, she reached out to KIV when it came to Nathaniel Woods. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. the third reached out to her. She did not care. And when it comes to, to Forrest Johnson, um, to the Ancestors Project tr- credit, they've been getting involved. Mm-hmm. Rocky Myers, all the evidence is there. She doesn't care. Neither does Steve Marshall. Mm. That's so heartbreaking. Man, we just name dropping. We just hitting. Right. Cause it, it, it's, just, it's just so sad. It is. It, and it's like, I've, I've got about to force Johnson for a few years. My mom has to. And I told her, he's up for execution. She told me, you find a protest. We're going for it. We're going to it. I told her, there's one, a peaceful in December. And I told her about it. She's like, okay, let's go. And when I say peaceful, I mean, it's at a church. That's So... When I say there's a peaceful protest, I'm not distant protest at all. I've been a part of some myself. The reason why I say peaceful is because it's at a church. That's the only reason why I state that, mm-hmm. uh, just out of respect to the church. But, uh, again, not distant protest by any means. If, if uh, they uh, cause a riot, go for it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what needs to be done, oh. so I'm not by any means yeah. dissing anything. I mean, if that's what needs to happen, but I'm just, like I said, it's something that they've been stating, so that's why. Yeah. I've, I've been trying to echo that, but I, I didn't want anyone thinking that I was uh, against anything uh, happening out of right. If things need to escalate, they do. But um, I love that. You're down well, for the call. Okay, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Storm the building then. But um, when it comes to forest, oh, yeah, my mom said to me, you find a protest. I said, well, there's one at a church in December. She said, let's go. And I mean, even though like with KIV, I mean, I like the mom is down to be at some protest. Yes. She has a, 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 a flaming torch already ready. Yeah. She has at least one pitchfork. Mm-hmm. She is down. She's like, oh, I come from the way when we used to do this the real way. Yeah. Get your mob on. Right. I love that. Oh, she, Help me become the person I am today. I mean, I am who I am today because of her, because uh, she studied journalism uh, when she was in school, that she majored in it. Uh, she's done work in that field, and by working for the University of Alabama school newspaper, they told her, you have to be unbiased. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine, in my mind, your mom, your mom is like that older lady on the Golden Girls. She ain't taking no <laughs> crap, but she's kind of small like that. But she will beat you with a stick on top of that. <laughs> sure, yes, I love yes. that. And with being biased, you know, she sold different perspectives, and that's when that's who she is today. Where she, oh man, she would, she will put you in your place like someone. And our family said to her, hey, I heard you're a socialist. Like, that's a bad thing. And she went, yes, I am. I'm proud of it. And he was. Yes, yeah. And she, he just jaw dropped. He walked off. And she's like, like I'm going to be ashamed of that. Oh, my gosh. Your mom sounds awesome. She's a tough cookie. Yeah. She's wonderful. That's what. So she's really into the justice system and prison reform and everything like you are. Absolutely. That's so good. I, and I really appreciate like everything you guys are doing for these people because these people have no voices. And, and Buddha and I was talking about, you know, um, a little bit when we wasn't recording, like it's really scary. Like I knew how, like kind of about the wrongful convictions, but you really shed a light on names that I didn't even know about. So it's so scary to know that this is happening more often than we even talk about, you know? Yeah, I am gonna, you know, uh, 
what's what's the word? It's not regretfully, but um, I'm fightfully. I, I can't think of the word right now, but uh-huh. I'm gonna you know admit, but you know under duress in a sense. But no, seriously though. But I'm admitting that the numbers hit me uh, bigger than I thought because I have been a person that had been an advocate and still is an advocate for death penalty. Um, you know, and I've been saying things like, hey, it can't be that bad of the numbers that slip through, no matter what system it's going to be, it's going to mm-hmm. be a slip through mm-hmm. uh, amount. But the numbers that, that, that she told me were just too much. You know, when you're talking about one in six, and then, you know, the, then you're talking about a minority, and then it's more guaranteed that you're going to be that one in six. And it just becomes terrifying to know that you'll be completely innocent. Mm-hmm. And now you're still rolling the dice on whether or not you'll come out uh, on being convicted. It's almost got, as a minority person, it goes down almost to 50 50. It was like 80% before. Yeah. Now it's like 60 40. Damn. You know, well, uh, when it comes more. to a black man, uh, black man is seven times more likely to be uh, wrongfully convicted of murder than a white man who is guilty of that crime. Shit. Seven times more likely than Whoa. someone who's guilty. So if Buddha commits a, a crime or a murder, let's just say Buddha, Buddha kills does me. not commit a murder. Okay, but let's if just someone say someone just claims. Yeah, Buddha okay. So if Buddha, claims. yeah, just claims that Buddha murders me. Let's say the white. Let's say we're having a party, right? And the white man really kills my ass. Right? I am seven times more You're likely seven to go to jail times, than the man and, that and he gets to walk free than the man that actually kills you. I did not know that yeah. it was seven times. That is freaking yeah. wild. Yeah. And now you see like, why black people, time, have, especially men, have nightmares as if he's Frankenstein yes. of the of the cops. Oh now my! You, now you see what they're Jason in our mind because it's almost guaranteed. No matter what we do, no matter how good of a person you are, they're gonna wrap your ass up in a bag. That's scary yes. because we have black sons. You know, we have black family members, black friends. Like you know, Buddha is black. Like these men, like you know, black innocent men is really going to prison seven times. Right. I don't yeah. know. It was so high. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's freaking and, uh, crazy. When it comes to the numbers hanging like What? But but being with a white woman is not gonna assault, help, help you. for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> what is and at least I can point over to her like, hey, hey, I'm almost in, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? When it comes to the numbers hitting OJ you, said like, he was I a black no more. I mean, so oh, hey. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my lord! Oh, that did, but that did work for OJ though. Now that I'm he thinking said, about I'm it, I'm black. I'm OJ now. Oh like, my oh, god! Right, right. Oh my gosh! Like I'm dating white women. I have money. I'm not black. <laughs> oh, god. oh my gosh! But um, yeah, the numbers hitting you like I understand that because it's like they just hit me three only three years ago, and there and. I, I'm, I'm like, it took me to my 30s to understand this. So I I, I get it. Like, there are friends of mine uh, who are my age who also you know, or have the same reaction but had no idea that it's startling to them. It's frightening to them. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, it's like the media doesn't cover this. So. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard that number. That's seven times. Yeah. I've never in my life heard that. That's But crazy. when you said it, it made so much sense. Like, it didn't sound like a lie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is. Damn. Yeah. It's, and most of the men I, uh, it, I don't, like, I mean, it's true. I mean, most of the men I advocate for are black men because they're the ones who are the most wrongly convicted. Wow. 
That's like it's just it's just really puts like it's so sad. Like I pray for yes. all and the. And they look the best in court too, though. You have to give them that. Yeah. Like you put a black guy in a suit, that is some sexy stuff happening. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! I, well, I pray for all the wrongfully convicted and all their families, and mm-hmm. you know, I thank you so much for coming. Can you tell us a little bit, like where everybody can find you? Because everybody got to be able to find you, you know, and your podcast. Tell everybody everything, because I'm going to be following you like a stalker. Like you have new stalkers now, right, Buddha? Yeah, you do. Yes, you're, me, also, yeah, Buddha and I is now your stalkers, but don't convict yes. him because he's a black man. He's going to be stalking. Right, I don't want to jinx none of that on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd be a new story. Find- be like, I a new wrongfully convicted old Buddha. I'd be like, I knew it was fucking coming. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I get pulled over, be like, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Is uh, just a, a small silver lining that we are seeing more exonerations. Yeah, uh, more people are waking up, and more people do want to see change. When I say to my followers, it's not just me. When advocates in general say to our followers, "Hey, we need to call the governor, write to the governor, write to the president," they are on it. Nice. And, I like that. I like that. And that gives me hope. I mean, we've—I've seen change happen because of people just the public cares more mm-hmm. than ever mm-hmm. yeah believe in people i do i believe in people yeah like, and I we're think, not yeah. as crappy as we as the government try to pick us to be i think they try and pit us against one another mm-hmm. yeah. but when you really get to contact with people they're not as crappy as you think they are. yeah yeah, and I think I think that two Black Lives Matter really like shined a light on a lot of these cases because even like oh, yeah. we just did the Tamla Horsford case, the slumber party lady that died at the slumber party, and her case was not out there until after that. Like nobody knew about that, you know? Oh yeah, like I found out about Lavina Johnson thanks to Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that really shined a light on it. Yeah. So, but, um, where can everybody find you? What yeah. to participate in your activities? <laughs> Oh, please uh, definitely follow me on Instagram, TikTok. I'm also on Threads. Um, so the name is uh, it's Sarah Only I T S S A R A H O N L Y. And uh, but you can also find uh, my nonprofit VoicelessBehindBars.org. Uh, as I said, all donations are tax deductible. Uh, my podcast is also named after my nonprofit. Just Google. Voices Behind Bars podcast. It's available on most streaming platforms. And uh, you can find this in uh, my link in bio on like TikTok and Instagram. I do have opened up uh, a store on Bonfire, a nonprofit verified, where it's, you know, different uh, shirts, stuff like that, like Free Timothy McGruder. Uh, it's about uh, get in, loser, we're abolishing the injustice system. Oh, cool. Uh, justice for Kendrick Bowie so we do have you know merch store where uh, it's called Voiceless Pine Bars uh, that's the name of the merch store where all the proceeds do go to my nonprofit. so oh that's uh, wonderful yeah that's where um, all you can find me and, uh, and also if you ever need me send me a comment a DM anything I'm here yeah, I wanted to say what you was comment on the DM. Most of those seem really legit, but I feel like you was trying to catfish people out there with it. Sarah's only. It sounds like that's kind of naughty out there. You're trying to <laughs> get people to think they're going to OnlyFans and you're gonna have them talking about prison inmates. Oh, well, <laughs> so that, that happened. 
happened because of, <laughs> I'm not going to say this guy's name because he's irrelevant, but to make a very long story short, 2019, I became, I was sick and tired of this YouTuber. I I regret not saying something sooner, but this guy is a straight up, not he's not only a domestic abuser, he's a child predator. He oh. may, oh. probably going to go to prison soon, thank God. But I was like, I, so myself and a bunch of other people started calling him out, started saying, YouTube, hold this guy accountable. Now, what happened was his fans released a lot of our private information. Well, we came to a lot of us, myself included, our addresses, oh everything. Oh, my God. So, out of, even though my last name was out there, I'm like, just out of fear, I got very uncreative. Information. So, so I was like, oh, it's only Sarah. It's Sarah only. Just out of desperation, I was changing my name online. Yeah. So, Oh wow. my gosh, yeah, he really real time Yeah, yeah released your address and everything. I'm like, did you guys have to move or what? Like, what? no, I didn't. I was fortunately, along with some friends, able to get some of those posts removed. Oh, okay. But, uh, fortunately, you know, I'm okay, but um, but yeah, unfortunately, information um, I was telling you before, girl. Damn, that's terrible. Dangerous. Well, I'm so glad that you're okay, you know, and everything, Thank and you. and hopefully, you know, he gets what's coming to him, you know. I'm kind of glad I made fun of that. So you put some enlightenment because I just feel like so many people are not as as uh, safe and secure with their information on the internet as they should be. Yeah, we just talked about. I think on the last episode, the um, the Car Brothers episode, we did. Buddha has this whole thing because he doesn't do social media. He doesn't do anything. He really went into depths and he explained why. You know, and it's really scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's because. And I mean, something as simple as that. Somebody who you have a bad business deal with, yeah, out of spite, yeah. mm-hmm. uses that that platform to yeah. give out all of your information. Yeah, and I mean, as being somebody who had my identity stolen twice, I'm telling you, it's a terrifying feeling when you feel like you're just naked out there. And it's, yeah, and that and you feel helpless because the police and the quote unquote uh, security system that they have out there doesn't stop them. And doesn't actually keep you safe either. They just watch both of you. Yeah. They're like, "Ah, there's nothing we can do. And Mm. you're like, what? Yeah, right? You know, like, they can't do, like, it's funny that you can get threats all all night and, like, tons and tons of threats letters from somebody. You can have years and years of somebody writing you threat letters, Mm -hmm. but the police won't do nothing until they actually try to kill you. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. You can have all kinds of direct threats, you know, sent to you, like, either online, through like through letters everything and and they have script told me unless they come to your house we can't do anything right? yeah so unless they fail at killing mm-hmm. you yeah we can't do nothing on your call and I, I mean if exactly. they do their job what they've been threatening you for for years yeah. you're not gonna be able to call them right so it's like yeah. this major catch-22 and then the other thing with restraining orders I don't care if somebody's really crazy like that they don't care about a piece of paper saying stay away from this person they, Girl, they're coming no. after you more than likely, they didn't even read that paper. They actually got a pint on their wall, thinking it's part of the memorabilia to rub on their body. From the- <laughs> that is part of that's, their connection. That's all it is, that's right? All it is. Damn, it's it's crazy out there, everybody. Like, I did, man. I this makes me want to give you know a shout out to anybody that's going through any kind of domestic experience. You know, whether it's with a spouse, significant other, whatever. You know, family member, stalker. I just want everybody to be okay. I'm doing a shout out to my mom on that one because she actually does uh, rehabilitation. She has a PhD in rehabilitation as a practice mm-hmm. of helping women of minority who are going through domestic disputes and the rehabilitation of them mentally. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. She gives free services, and uh, but not all of them free, so don't try. She's not cheap, y'all. 
But yeah. She, but the, she does have a good amount that she does for free. Yeah. You know I mean, it did is you want to shout out like her company or her website or anything? Girl, so, I, I wish I was known the name at this point. You hear that? Buddha's a bad son. He doesn't know his mom's company's name. Guys, <laughs> yes, I think it's something to do with Penrose. Oh, hell no. I know my sister's company was with that. Is with that. <laughs> You see how often I use the service. I don't buy nothing from there. Well, but I, I guess because you're not a minority woman, so I guess that makes sense. Right, and not right. getting beat. <laughs> and you're not beating your wife, hopefully. So. No, I'm, well, I, I would need to be the getting beat. I would need to be the beaten. Oh. <laughs> so. Exactly. You know, but I, you know, I have had very aggressive women in my past, though. Damn. So, it, it can happen. Yeah, you told me about some of them. Right, I, I should have called a couple of times. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you again, Sarah, for coming on. Um, if you oh next week we're we're actually doing a crossover episode with two very important people, a husband and wife duo. Okay. Yeah, so we have another duel come up, but it's not a killing duel. Yes, we're, no, we're actually be out of your realm. You yeah. might not even know what to do with yourself. We're not talking about killing people. Yeah, we're gonna have total conundrum coming on. I'm so excited. All Their right. podcast. Oh, I love them. You love you listen to them too. They're amazing, yes. aren't they? Yes, they're wonderful. Yes, total <laughs> conundrum. So yeah, we're doing a crossover episode with them. So that's next week's episode. Let's do it. Yes, and in the meantime, you can actually follow us, Hot Garbage Show. Follow us on oh, that's on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Follow us on Facebook, Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. Uh, send us a Gmail, Hot Garbage, um, Hot Garbage News at Gmail and follow my TikTok here. It is Author Nisha because I'm an author as well, and I'll be reading some of my books. Yes, yeah, it's about to get wild. <laughs> Anyways, take care and watch your back out there.